Section four, part one of An Inquiry into the Causes of the Late Increase of Robbers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne Spiegel. An Inquiry into the Causes of the Late Increase of Robbers by Henry Fielding. Section four. Of the Laws that Relate to the Provision for the Poor. Part one. Having now run through the several immediate consequences of a general luxury among the lower people, all which, as they tend to promote their distresses, may be reasonably supposed to put many of them, of the bolder kind, upon unlawful and violent means of relieving the mischief which such vices have brought upon them, I come now to a second cause of the evil, in the improper regulation of what is called the poor in this kingdom, arising, I think, partly from the abuse of some laws and partly from the total neglect of others, and, if I may presume to say it, somewhat perhaps from a defect in the laws themselves. It must be a matter of astonishment to any man to reflect that in a country where the poor are, beyond all comparison, more liberally provided for than in any other part of the habitable globe, there should be found more beggars, more distressed and miserable objects, than are to be seen throughout all the states of Europe. And yet, undoubted as this fact is, I am far from agreeing with Mr. Shaw, who says, There are few, if any, nations or countries where the poor are more neglected, or are in a more scandalous, nasty condition, than in England. Whether, says he, this is owing to that natural inbred cruelty for which Englishmen are so much noted among foreigners, or to that medley of religions which are so plentifully sown, and so carefully cherished among us, who think it is enough to take care of themselves, and take a secret pride and pleasure in the poverty and distresses of those of another persuasion, etc. That the poor are in a very nasty and scandalous condition is, perhaps, too true. But sure the general charge against the people of England, as well as the invidious aspersion on particular bodies of them, is highly unjust and groundless. Nor do I know that any nation hath ventured to fix this character of cruelty on us, Indeed, our inhospitality to foreigners hath been sometimes remarked, but that we are cruel to one another is not, I believe, the common, and I am sure it is not the true, opinion. Can the general neglect of the poor be justly charged on a nation in which the poor are provided for by a tax, frequently equal to what is called the land tax, and where there are such numerous instances of private donations, such numbers of hospitals, almshouses, and charitable provisions of all kinds? nor can any such neglect be charged on the legislature, under whose inspection this branch of polity hath been almost continually, from the days of Queen Elizabeth to the present time, insomuch that Mr. Shaw himself enumerates no less than thirteen acts of Parliament relating to the indigent and helpless poor. If, therefore, there be still any deficiency in this respect, it must, I think, arise from one of the three causes above mentioned, that is, from some defect in the laws themselves, or from the perversion of these laws, or, lastly, from the neglect of their execution. I will consider all these with some attention. First, that the churchwardens of every parish, and two substantial householders, at least, shall be yearly appointed to be overseers of the poor. Secondly, that these overseers shall, with the consent of two justices of the peace, put out apprentices the children of poor people, and all married or unmarried persons, who have no means or trade to maintain themselves, shall be put to work. Thirdly, that they shall raise by a parochial tax a convenient stock of flax, hemp, wool, thread, 
iron and other ware and stuff to set the poor to work fourthly that they shall from the same tax provide towards the necessary relief of the lame impotent old blind and others being poor and not able to work fifthly that they shall out of the same tax put the children of poor persons apprentices that these provisions may all be executed that act vested the overseers with the following powers and enforced the executing of them by the following penalties one the overseers were appointed to meet once at least every month in the church after divine service there says the act to consider of some good course to be taken and some meat in order to be set down in the premises and to do this they are enjoined by a penalty for every one absenting himself from such meeting without a just excuse to be allowed by two justices of the peace or being negligent in his office or in the execution of the orders aforesaid forfeits twenty shillings and after the end of their year and after other overseers nominated they are within four days to make and yield up to two justices of the peace a true and perfect account of all sums of money made by them received or assessed and of such stores as shall be in their hands or in the hands of the poor to work and of all other things concerning their office etc and if the church wardens and overseers refuse to account they are to be committed by two justices till they shall have made a true account two the overseer and church wardens both present and subsequent are empowered by warrant from two justices to levy all the monies assessed and all arrearages of those who refuse to pay by distress and sale of the refusers goods and the subsequent overseers may in the same manner levy the money and stock in the hands of the precedent and for want of distress the party is to be committed by two justices without bail till the same be paid three they have a power to compel the poor to work and such as refuse or neglect the justice may commit to the house of correction or common jail four the overseers may compel children to be apprentices and may bind them where they shall see convenient till the man-child shall attain the age of twenty-four and the woman-child the age of twenty-one or till the time of her marriage the indenture to be as effectual to all purposes as the covenant of one of full age five they have a power to contract with the lord of the manor and on any parcel of ground on the waste to erect at the general charge of the parish convenient houses of dwelling for the impotent poor and to place several inmates in the same cottage notwithstanding the statute of cottages six they can compel the father and grandfather mother and grandmother and children of every poor old blind and impotent person or of any other person not being able to work provided such father etc be of sufficient ability at their own charges to relieve and maintain such poor person in such manner and after such rate as shall be assessed by the sessions under the penalty of twenty shillings for every month's omission this must be done by consent and order of sessions seven if no overseers be named every justice within the division forfeits five pounds so far this statute of elizabeth by which the legislature may seem very fully to have provided first for the absolute relief of such poor as are by age or infirmity rendered unable to work and secondly for the employment of such as are able the former of these says lord hale in his discourse on the subject seems to be a charity of more immediate exigence but the latter viz the employment of the poor is a charity of greater extent and of very great and important consequence to the public wealth and peace of the kingdom 
as also to the benefit and advantage of the poor and this as mr shaw observes would prevent the children of our poor being brought up in laziness and beggary whereby beggary is entailed from generation to generation this is certainly the greatest charity for though he who gives to any in want does well yet he who employs and educates the poor so as to render them useful to the public does better for that would be many hundred thousand pounds per annum benefit to this kingdom now the former of these provisions hath perhaps though in a very slovenly and inadequate manner been partly carried into execution but the latter i am afraid i may too boldly assert hath been utterly neglected and disregarded surely this is a most scandalous perversion of the design of the legislature which through the whole statute seems to have had the employment of the able poor chiefly under their consideration for to this purpose only almost every power in it is established and every clause very manifestly directed to say the truth as this law hath been perverted in the execution it were perhaps to be wished it had never been made not because it is not our duty to relieve real objects of distress but because it is so much the duty of every man and i may add so much the inclination of most englishmen that it might have been safely left to private charity or public provision might surely have been made for it in a much cheaper and more effectual manner to prove the abuse of this law my lord hale appeals to all the populous parishes in england he might i believe have included some which are not over populous indeed says he there are rates made for the relief of the impotent poor and it may be the same relief is also given in a narrower measure unto some others that have great families and upon this they live miserably and at best from hand to mouth and if they cannot get work to make out their livelihood they and their children set up a trade of begging at best but it is rare to see any provision of a stock in any parish for the relief of the poor and the reasons are principally these one the generality of the people that are able are yet unwilling to exceed the present necessary charge they do choose to live for an hour rather than project for the future and although possibly trebling their exhibition in one gross sum at the beginning of the year to raise a stock might in all probability render their future yearly payments for seven years together less by half or two-thirds than what must be without it yet they had rather continue in their yearly payments year after year though it exhausts them in time and make the poor nothing the better at the year's end two because those places where there are most poor consist for the most part of tradesmen whose estates lie principally in their stocks which they will not endure to be searched into to make them contributory to raise any considerable stock for the poor nor indeed so much as the ordinary contributions but they lay all the rates to the poor upon the rents of lands and houses which alone without the help of the stocks are not able to raise a stock for the poor although it is very plain that stocks are as well by law rateable as lands both to the relief and raising a stock for the poor three because the churchwardens and overseers to whom this power is given are inhabitants of the same parish and are either unwilling to charge themselves or to displease their neighbours in charging more than what they needs must towards the poor and although it were to be wished and hoped that the justices of the peace would be forward to enforce them if they might though it may concern them also in point of present profit yet if they would do anything herein they are not empowered to compel the churchwardens and overseers to do it who most certainly will never go about it to burden as they think themselves and to displease their neighbours unless some compulsory power were not only lodged by law but also executed by some 
that may have a power over them to enforce it or to do it if they do it either partially or too sparingly four because people do not consider the inconvenience that in time grow to themselves by this neglect and the benefit that would in a little time accrue to them by putting it in practice if they would have but a little patience to these i will add a fifth reason because the churchwardens and overseers are too apt to consider their office as a matter of private emolument to waste part of the money raised for the use of the poor in feasting and riot and too often to pervert the power given them by the statute to foreign and sometimes to the very worst of purposes the above considerations bring my lord hale to complain of several defects in the law itself in which says he there is no power from justices of the peace nor any superintendent power to compel the raising of a stock where the churchwardens and overseers neglect it the act charges every parish apart where it may be they are liable to do little towards it neither would it be so effectual as if three four five or more contiguous parishes did contribute towards the raising of a stock proportionably to their poor respectively there is no power for hiring or erecting a common house or place for their common workhouse which may be in some respects and upon some occasions useful and necessary as to the first of these i do not find any alteration hath been made nor if there was might it possibly produce any desired effect the consequence as it appears would be only making churchwardens and justices of the peace which many of them are already not highly to the satisfaction of their parishes too much power vested in one man being too apt perhaps to beget envy the second and third do pretty near amount to one and the same defect and this i think is at present totally removed indeed in my lord hale's own time though probably after he had written this treatise a workhouse was erected in london under the powers given by the statute made in the thirteenth and fourteenth of charles h and i believe with very good success since that time other corporations have followed the example as the city of bristol in the reign of king william and that of worcester in the reign of king anne and in other places and now by a late statute made in the reign of king george i the power of erecting workhouses is made general over the kingdom now either this method proposed by lord hale is adequate to the purpose or this act of parliament hath been grossly perverted for certain it is that the evil is not removed if indeed it be lessened by the erection of workhouses perhaps indeed one objection which my lord hale makes to the statute of elizabeth may here recur seeing that there is nothing compulsory but all left to the will and direction of the inhabitants but in truth the method itself will never produce the desired effect as the excellent sir josiah child well observes it may be objected says he that this work the perversion for the poor may as well be done in distinct parishes if all parishes were obliged to build workhouses and employ their poor therein as dorchester and some others have done with good success i answer that such attempts have been made in many places to my knowledge with very good intents and strenuous endeavours but all that i ever heard of proved vain and ineffectual for the truth of which i believe we may appeal to common experience and perhaps no less ineffectual would be the scheme proposed by this worthy gentleman though it seems to promise fairer than that of the learned chief justice yet neither of them seem to strike at the root of the evil before i deliver any sentiments of my own i shall briefly take a view of the many subsequent provisions with which the legislature have from time to time enforced and strengthened the foregoing statute of elizabeth the power of putting out children apprentices is enforced by the third of charles i which enacts 
that all persons to whom the overseer shall bind children by virtue of the statute of elizabeth may receive and keep them as apprentices but there yet wanted as lord hale says a sufficient compulsory for persons to take them wherefore it is enacted by eight and nine william the third that all persons to whom apprentices are appointed to be bound by the overseers with the consent of the justices shall receive them and execute the other part of the indenture under the penalty of ten pounds for refusing to be recovered before two justices on the oath of one of the churchwardens or overseers the power of setting the poor to work is enlarged by j three charles i this act gives the churchwardens and overseers of the poor a power with the consent of two justices or of one if no more justices shall be within their limits to set up and occupy any trade for the setting the poor to work the power of relieving the impotent poor i e of distributing the public money the only one which hath much exercised the mind of the parish officers the legislature seems to think rather wanted restraining than enlarging accordingly in the reign of king william they made an act to limit the power of the officers in this respect as the act contains the sense of parliament of the horrid abuses of the statute of elizabeth i will transcribe part of a paragraph of it verbatim and whereas many inconveniences do daily arise in cities towns corporate and parishes where the inhabitants are very numerous by reason of the unlimited power of the churchwardens and overseers of the poor who do frequently upon frivolous pretences but chiefly for their own private ends give relief to what persons and number they think fit and such persons being entered into the collection bill do become after that a great charge to the parish notwithstanding the occasion or pretence of their collection oftentimes ceases by which means the rates for the poor are daily increased contrary to the true intent of a statute made in the forty-third year of the reign of her majesty queen elizabeth intoluted an act for the relief of the poor for remedying of which the statute enacts that for the future a book shall be provided and kept in every parish at the charge of the same parish wherein the names of all persons receiving collection etc shall be registered with the day and year of their first receiving it this book to be yearly or oftener viewed by the parishioners and the names of the persons who receive collection shall be called over and the reason of the receiving it be examined and a new list made and no other person is allowed to receive collection but by order of a justice of peace etc except in case of pestilential disease or smallpox the eighth and ninth of the same king reciting the fear of the legislature that the money raised only for the relief of such as are well impotent as poor should be misapplied and consumed by the idle sturdy and disorderly beggars enacts that every person his wife children etc who shall receive relief from the parish shall wear a badge marked with the letter p etc in default of which a justice of peace may order the relief of such persons to be abridged suspended or withdrawn or may commit them for twenty-one days to the house of correction there to be kept to hard labour and every churchwarden or overseer who relieves any one without a badge being convicted before one justice forfeits twenty shillings whether the justices made an ill use of the power given them by the statute of the third and fourth of king william i will not determine but the parliament thought proper afterwards to abridge it for by the ninth of george the first the justices are forbidden to make any order for the relief of a poor person till oath is first made of a reasonable cause and that application hath been made to the parishioners at the vestry or to two officers and that relief hath been refused nor can the justice then give his order till he hath summoned the overseer to show cause 
why relief should not be given by the same statute those persons to whom the justices order relief are to be registered in the parish books as long only as the cause of the relief continues nor shall any parish officer be allowed any money given to the unregistered poor unless on the most urgent occasion the penalty for charging such money to the parish account is five pounds the conviction is to be before two justices lastly that the parish may in all possible cases be relieved from the burden of the poor whereas the statute of elizabeth obliges the father mother etc and children if able to relieve the poor children and parents and so by the fifth of george the first it is provided that where any wife or child shall be left by the husband or parents a charge to any parish the churchwardens or overseers may by the order of two justices seize so much of the goods and chattels and receive so much of the annual rents and profits of the lands and tenements of such husband or parent as the justices shall order towards the discharge of the parish and the sessions may empower the churchwardens and overseers to dispose thereof and for the providing for the wife and bringing up of the children etc such is the law that relates immediately to the maintenance of the impotent poor a law so very ample in its provision so strongly fortified with enforcing powers and so cautiously limited with all proper restraints that at first sight it appears sufficiently adequate to every purpose for which it was intended but experience hath convinced us of the contrary and here i am well aware of the delicate dilemma to which i may seem reduced since how shall i presume to suppose any defects in a law which the legislature seems to have labored with such incessant diligence but i am not absolutely driven to this disagreeable necessity as the fault may so fairly be imputed to the non-execution of the law and indeed to the ill execution of the statute of elizabeth my lord chief justice hale chiefly imputes the imperfect provision for the poor in his time sir josiah child it is true speaks more boldly and charges the defects on the laws themselves one general position however which he lays down that there never was a good law made that was not well executed is surely very questionable so therefore must be his opinion if founded on that maxim and this opinion perhaps he would have changed had he lived to see the latter constitutions on this head but whatever defects there may be in the laws or the execution of them i much doubt whether either of these great men hath found the means of curing them and this i am the more forward to say as the legislature by a total neglect of both their schemes seems to give sufficient countenance to my assertion in a matter then of so much difficulty as well as so great importance how shall i venture to deliver my own opinion such indeed is the difficulty and importance of this question that sir josiah child thinks if a whole session of parliament were employed on this single concern it would be time spent as much to the glory of god and good of this nation as in anything that noble and worthy patriots of their country can be engaged in however under the protection of the candid and with deference to the learned reader i will enter upon this subject in which i think i may modestly say i have had some experience and in which i can with truth declare that i have employed no little time if any gentleman who hath more experience hath more duly considered the matter or whose superior abilities enable him to form a better judgment shall think proper to improve my endeavours he hath my ready consent provided the end be effected i say be contented with the honour of my share however inconsiderable in the means nay should my labours be attended only with neglect and contempt i think i have learned for i am a pretty good historian to bear such misfortunes without repining 
by the poor then i understand such persons as have no estate of their own to support them without industry nor any profession or trade by which with industry they may be capable of gaining a comfortable subsistence this class of the people may be considered under these three divisions first such poor as are unable to work secondly such poor as are able and willing to work thirdly such as are able to work but not willing as to the first of these they are but few an utter incapacity to work must arise from some defect occasioned by nature or accident natural incapacities are greatly the most perhaps the only considerable ones for as to accidental maims how very rarely do they happen and i must add how very nobly they are provided for when they do happen again as to natural incapacities they are but few unless these two general circumstances as one of which must and the other may befall all men i mean the extremes of youth and age for besides these the number of persons who really labor under an utter incapacity of work will on a just inspection be found so trifling that two of the london hospitals might contain them all the reader will be pleased to observe i say of those who really labor etc for he is much deceived who computes the number of objects in the nation from the great number which he sees daily in the streets of london among whom i myself have discovered some notorious cheats and my good friend mr welsh the worthy high constable of holborn division many more nothing as i have been well informed is more common among these wretches than for the lame when provoked to use their crutches as weapons instead of supporters and for the blind if they should hear the beetle at their heels to outrun the dogs which guided them before as to diseases to which human nature is universally liable they sometimes though very rarely for health is the happy portion of poverty befall the poor and at all such times they are certainly objects of charity and entitled by the law of god to relief from the rich end of section four part one